Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. And I brought home, uh, I've kept with me this week a, a memento from the week, our, our wristbands. And I know maybe some of you through the week have seen me with this. Oh, I'm sorry, Children's Church. Yes, Pat, just scream at me next time. I, I wasn't thinking. Um, I just was excited about our message today. But I brought, I, I've kept this on. Now, normally, if you've been to Extrav with us, Saturday night when it's over, the first thing you do after the last meal is what? Whammo! You rip that baby off of there, cut it off, whatever. Um, but I kept mine on for a purpose this week because the meaning of this, when you go to Extrav, you get one of these when you've registered, and this gets you into the cafeteria for better or worse of whatever that means, by the way. Um, so this is what gets you into the cafeteria to get your meals while we're there. And on the very last night, on Saturday night after we completed the show, um, I had texted Brittany and I was like, hey, you want to eat supper with us over at the cafeteria? And she was like, well, how am I going to do that? And I was like, well, you, you just go in with us. And she was like, well, mom, I ain't got one of these. And I was like, I know. And I was like, don't worry about it because here's the deal about Saturday night. Not everybody stays for the meal um, because some some churches are already leaving, even though we've got one more worship service. Um, the ones that are like down in South Texas or the ones that are in Louisiana, sometimes they leave early. Um, Saturday night also groups will go out to eat because we kind of have a a bigger time off in that moment. So I told her, I said, honey, don't worry about it. I was like, there's plenty of food. And I said, I said, just wear a long sleeve. You know how it is. We all walk in a group. They're not technically counting, counting us. They're trying the best they can. But I knew what her holdup was. So used to, you had Miss Barb who sat at the door. And Miss Barb, she did count everybody. Like she was the scariest person that you just love to love. And like she held you by every standard, like you didn't take food out of that cafeteria. Like if you was going to take food out, you snuck it out in a backpack, you know, kind of deal. Like you can't take food, you can't take a drink, you know, all these things. And and people feared Barb, but they loved Barb too. I mean, she was great actually, but she retired. But the spirit of Barb is still there. Like. You know, Brittany remembers, and so she was like, Mom, and I was like, just bring a long sleeve. You'll walk in with the group. We'll be fine. Now, before y'all judge me, I feel it already. We didn't even go eat in the cafeteria that night, all right? Bo and them, that was the Chick-fil-A picture you saw. and that Online, you'll see me eating with my kids at Raising Cane, okay? So we didn't even go to the cafeteria. Uh, but the deal was, you know, she just was a little bit scared. But as we were eating dinner at Raising Cane's, I was thinking about it. And I looked down at my red wristband. And this is what God gave me. Red. It's only by the blood of Christ that you're going to get in heaven. John fourteen six says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Only through Jesus Christ. But you see, the problem is many of us, we, we think that if we're just in the right place at the right time, we're going to slip on in. 
In fact, hadn't you ever heard something like that before when someone passes that we know and we're like, man, I, I, I bet they just barely slipped through the gates, right? We, we, we have this feeling that if I'm good enough, if I, I've, if I do enough good things, good deeds, if I love enough people, if I run with the Sunday crowd and show up at church on Sunday morning, if I can just hang on to mom and grandma's coattails and ride that faith in, then like Brittany and I was planning, just if I can just make it look like I belong, I'll slip on in. But you see, when you get to the gate, you're by yourself. Doesn't matter what grandma and grandpa did, doesn't matter what your legacy looked like. Do you have the red? You got to show that you believed in Christ. And it has nothing to do with all the things I just said. Does it affect those things? Sure it does. When we believe in Christ, believe has a different word in the Bible than what we think of it. We think of it as something we, we know. But in the Bible, believe means it's something we live. And so we're not going to get to just slip into heaven and hoping we mix in with the crowd. You got to have Jesus, and it's the only way. Do you believe in Christ? Now, that ain't even my sermon today. How about that? Hallelujah. Amen. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. We're reading, remember, we're studying. Did you guys love Pastor Amy last week? I've heard several of you talk to me this week about Pastor Amy last week. Did you, did you love Pastor Amy? She has such a beautiful, beautiful heart. Um, I, I truly believe what her and Adam are doing in hope is an amazing ministry, amazing ministry. Um, and I just really appreciate her coming and sharing with you last week. But what we've been studying in our series is uh, we started here in the, the Sermon on the Mount. And remember, we talked about these are small individual lessons that Jesus has been teaching that, that Matthew has gathered up together. So starting in verse 1, do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls then turn and attack you. We have two very wide extremes in our cultures these days. First on one side is the extreme of no one can judge me for my lifestyle. My choice, my life, and you can't judge me for that. And then you have the total opposite of that where we feel for some reason entitled to judge people. Like we have the right to pass judgment on someone. Now think about it. All the reality shows that you watch on TV are set up to what? Judge people. 
right? We're in just a, a short amount of time, just a few weeks times, we're judging if people are good enough. We're judging if people are in love. We're, we're passing judgments in so many different ways. And we, we sometimes use these verses that I just read in, in totally wrong ways, as if judgment is somehow eradicated. So we read that as don't judge people. And we just sort of stop there. As if there is no standard of how we're to live our life. But it's not about how easy or how harsh do we look at each other. What Jesus wanted his disciples to understand is he wanted them to use the same standards that they are so grateful God used on them. He wanted them to use grace when they looked at people. Because see, remember, in these little mini-sermons, what we're seeing is Jesus is like, okay, I know y'all have been raised up with the law, and I know you, you know what the Pharisees have taught you, but this is what I say. This is the real truth of how we use God's word. And so he's, he was reminding them it's about grace. Now understand, don't hear me wrong today, there is a standard. God will judge us. You know, just, just like I, I said, when you walk through, there's a certain standard when we hit the doors of heaven. You got to know Jesus. You got to know Jesus. Not just believe he's God's son. Satan knows that. You got to know Jesus, which changes how we live, how we do things. So this is not about not having any accountability in our life. Do you remember in The Chosen, in that one episode, remember when he calls Matthew? And what did Peter step up? He, Why are you calling him Jesus? Like, that's... It's kind of like awkward and weird, right? Didn't make sense to Peter why he would call Matthew. And Jesus just leans over and he said, well, Peter, it didn't make sense when I called you either. Yeah. Think about that for a moment. Think about where God found you and I. (laughs) And if you know my background, it don't make sense (laughs) for me to be here. But God said, let's get used to different, right? So he was setting his disciples up for how he wanted ministry to look for them. How you look at people. So he uses, we've heard this many times, the the comparison of dust in somebody else's eye while you have a log in your own eye. Dust is everywhere. At least in my house. I've been in Claudette's. It's not there. Yeah, Thomas came home, Claudette, and he said, I got a clean house. Like, that, that woman, she ain't got no dust in that house. Beautiful house, beautiful house. But think about in Jesus' day, dust is everywhere. They walked everywhere, right? They rode horses and spades, horses, do they make dust? Cows make dust? I mean, farms are dusty, right? Like, so we know what dust is. This time of year, it's pollen dust. 
Every day, it's just a guess of what color of yellow is my car going to be? I have a red car. But this time of year, I have a yellow orangish car, right? <laughs> it depends on how much pollen is blowing through. So we know about dust. Have you ever had dust in your eye? Oh, come on. Who's had dust in their eye? The rest of you lied. Like, everybody's had that moment, you know, where you get a little speck of dust. And the smallest speck in our eye hurts as if you'd taken a knife and sliced my eye, right? Oh, Thomas used to really struggle with that because he had those hard contact lenses for a long, long time. Now, you know with contact lenses, you get a speck of dust under that, man, whew, you just cry like a baby. You get those hard contact lenses, he could not function. He couldn't get that eye open to get the contact out if he got dust under there. So we understand. Now imagine that your friend has dust in their eye and they're watering and they can't open and they just, ugh. And then you get dust in your eye and now you're trying to help them? It doesn't work. Like, how many of you, like you get something in your eye and you're over here saying, Thomas, look, 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 it's, it's in there. Like, you know, like I recently, the last, what, month I've had neck issues. It finally has popped and released. Do you know how I threw my neck out? Because I got dust in my eye first thing in the morning when I got out of bed. I don't know if it was dust. I don't know if it was mascara because I had not wiped my makeup off. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. But I got something in my eye. And I was just so excruciating in the bathroom trying to twist and turn and see and, and wash. I had the eye wash. And that early in the morning, that was just too much movement. And I threw my neck out. So you understand this concept of what Jesus is talking about when we get dust in our eye. And he said, you're worried about Jason's dust and you've got this huge old log you can't even see, Jason. How are you going to help him out? Right? Now, I used to think when I would read this verse that what Jesus was trying to say was, don't worry about her little bitty sin because you got this huge sin in your life. Well, that's not always true, is it? I think the, the, the real issue that Jesus was trying to tell us about here was our attitude and our standards. You see, we think we're helping people, but we're so uppity about it and judgmental about it. Are we really helping anybody? That's what's clouding the vision that Jesus is talking about. So I kept this band on all week because I wanted to remember what I shared with you all ago that God, and I knew, I thought if I cut this off and I don't write it down, amen, somebody, I'll forget. So I've wore this all week. And most of the time this week, it's not been an issue. But I got to tell you, there's some moments this week that I felt a little embarrassed. If, if you get close enough, this thing is getting a little ragged, tagged. And, and thank you, Claudette, for not mentioning yesterday. It did not go with, you wondered, didn't you? <laughs> I knew it. Because as I was planning out what to wear to the wedding, I, I was trying to come up with a long sleeve to cover it up, right? And what I chose was not anything like that. And, and here I was so pretty and woohoo. Then I got this, you know? And I told Thomas early in the week, I said, well, if somebody asks, I'm going to share about Jesus with them. That's all I can tell you. 
But I did it because I did not want to forget. But I had moments that I was a little embarrassed. And, and I totally forgot. I don't know what pictures look like we took yesterday, Thomas. I didn't think when we took pictures with David. Because I told him, remind me when I take a picture to do this. So that this ugly old band ain't showing, right? You know, we want to judge people for the sins in their life. And we live a life sometimes embarrassed to show Jesus in our own. We're trying to figure out long sleeves so that people don't know. I don't want them to know I don't drink and I feel different. And I, why not? I want them to know about the Jesus that saved my life. I want them to know about Jesus that changed everything. So sometimes we got to get the log out of our own before we try to help anybody else. You know, the Jews, they thought that there were six things, six different works in your life, that if, if you completed these things, then it gave you credit here in this life, but also credit in the, the next life. Those six things included studying. How many of you said, I'm out? <laughs> it was also to visit the sick people, hospitality towards people, Devotion and prayer, educating our kids in the law. But the last thing was thinking the best of people. Wow. You just thought the studying would knock you out. That last one gets us sometimes. You know, our standard should always be grace. Simply because of where Jesus found us. That's the biggest thing he wanted people to remember. And there was three reasons that I think he thought, don't judge people. First of all, we never, let me repeat that, we never know the whole facts or the whole person that we're judging. Oh, I've known him all my life. People, there are things hidden in everybody's lives that we just know nothing about. That we don't understand. You know, we were, we were saying, uh, talking about the thing that happened at the new hospital and the, you know, all of that being stolen. And, and Claudette and I was talking about, like, we just don't understand people. Like, what are they thinking? Going in there and ripping that copper out. You know, what are they thinking? And, and then I was like, but we don't know how they were raised. We don't know the life they come from. We really don't understand people the way we think we do. Dr. Samples, Doug Samples that I take webinars with, has this saying, people act in ways that make sense to them. Can I say that again? People act in ways that makes sense to them. That may be wrong. Maybe, maybe we clearly can see that they got it all wrong, but to them. Have you ever done something and your mama said, child, what were you thinking? Thomas, you have a scar on your chin because you jumped from one boulder to the next. And I'm sure Reba thought, what were you thinking? Thomas, what were you thinking? 
He thought he was Rambo. And he could easily jump from one boulder to another. And he so underestimated his ability. But at the moment for him and Neil, it made perfect sense. Right? You get what I'm saying. We've all done some things where somebody says, what were you thinking? And when we're judging people, that's exactly what we're, what were you thinking? We don't always know all the facts. So even when we see people dealing with issues that we can relate to, that we understand, we should never assume that we know their whole story and that they understand things the way we understood things when God called us out. Second thing, three reasons not to judge. It's almost impossible for any of us to strictly be impartial in our judgment. Like, you you can't. Now, reality shows who, who in here watches The Voice. I love The Voice. And I do love The Voice because of the way it starts, right? It's a blind audition. If you've never watched The Voice, the, the judges are, they've got their back to the stage. Somebody comes out and sings, and they are strictly listening And if they want that person on their team, they hit a button and they turn the chair around. And it's always so fun when it's a voice and the body and face does not match the voice. And the shock and surprise on their face when they turn around, right? I love those moments. And in fact, a lot of times I will watch the blind auditions of the voice and then I give up and I don't care about the rest of it, you know. Because I just love that moment where it feels like there's no judgment. Like, there has been people, because let's be honest, in this society we judge by looks and appearance. That's a big part. And in fact, maybe that's why I kind of give up on the show a little bit, because after that they begin to change the people a little bit. You know, hey, let's give you a new hairdo. Hey, let's give you a new outfit. You know, no, keep it like they were, you know. So that's almost, almost impartial. And why do I say almost? Because there still comes a moment, even in the blind auditions, that these judges will decide, okay, I have enough country singers. I need a different genre. I need somebody that can sing pop. I need some, you know, they want to diversify their team. And so somebody may step up and be the most amazing country singer and they'll pass on them because I don't need that on my team now. So there's still a little bit of judgment and partiality there. Do you know the Greeks, it was known that if they had a a case, a trial to, to have, that felt like it was so difficult, really important, they would actually have the court case in the dark so they could not see the person on trial because they did not want to show partiality to them. They didn't want to know who the person was. They just wanted to hear the facts of the case. That got me thinking. I wonder if there's a way to choose a Supreme Court justice without knowing if they're Republican, Democrat, male, female. (laughs) Do you see where I'm saying? We know about judgment in our society. And then the third reason not to judge is simply because Jesus says no one's good enough 
to judge somebody else. You're worried about the speck in somebody else's eye when you can't even see straight yourself. Yet every single day, listen to me, church. Don't tune me out because I'm talking to every person here. Every day we judge people. Whether that's on social media, we make judgments and we top them out really fast, don't we? Whether that's at the ball game and man, coach should have done it this way and them refs, did you see? Mm -mm. Now I get irritated if it's a bad call, but you won't find me screaming at a person for it. Why? Because when I was in high school, our coach made us ref peewee basketball. And he did it with a specific reason of wanting us to understand what referees go through. And if you've never refed a peewee game, has anybody in here? Is that not the scariest thing you've... Even though parents knew we were just high schoolers, they were in our face. I mean, it's the scariest thing you... And I've carried that with me forever. Like, you don't understand how fast things are moving and you're doing your best to make a call. And maybe, you know, okay, parent, you're at the top. You had a different angle than I did, but that's not what I saw, you know, kind of deal. So I always have a little extra grace for referees, even in an Arkansas game. Now, if it's a bad call, it's a bad call. But I always understand, you know, I'm sitting here watching it on replay 10 times and I can get it right. He saw it in 0.2 seconds and made a call. So we know about judging. Teachers, oh, teachers and administrators. What a different time we live in. What a different, you couldn't pay me enough money to be a teacher. Bless your hearts. Because every parent is right, right? Every parent is... Another discussion we had yesterday about when we were kids, like, you respected your teacher. You did. Not anymore. That's not what... But again, people act in ways that make sense to them. And sometimes it's how they've been raised. It's their background, You know, often the people we're judging, though, this is the sad thing. They have the same blood of Jesus as you and I. Hmm. Yeah, but I was right. No. Jesus said, don't worry about the speck in their eye. Because you see, my, my God, he's a holy God. There are standards. And I know he'll judge us all. And we're going to be shocked who's in heaven and who's not. I really believe that. (laughs) We're going to be shocked sometimes when we understand. But see, here's the deal. Season of Lent, whether you're fasting or not, this is a season of self-reflection and repentance. I've struggled with this fasting so much. But every time I struggle, I have a moment where I just remember, God, you're still working on me. 
what do we what do we need to fix lord surrendering and allowing god to reveal places that we fall short in essence jesus told his disciples stop worrying about everybody else let's deal with you let's work on you and the challenge we see in this text is that the person is so busy trying to find and here's the deal if you look hard enough you're gonna find dust even in Claudette's house I'm coming back with a white glove and a ladder that's where I'm gonna find it where she can't reach it We can find dust. You will always find something wrong with somebody. Always. But how many times do we stop and look in the mirror and say, God, what about me? What do you want to change with me today, Lord? It's only when you truly surrender your life that you become brave enough to say, God, Work on me. Let's change these things that I know I fall short in. I know that, that my temper sometimes, Lord, and, and, and I know that my, my screen time, Lord, and, and I know that, oh, Lord, I know what I thought about that person this week. Sorry. Because I really probably don't understand what made them do the things they do. What did Jesus say on the cross, people? Forgive them, Father, they don't know what they do. They don't know what they do. But you and I, we're so busy screaming at them, judging them. And then there's this verse 6. This is what I'll end on. Verse 6 always kind of has me a little confused when it talks about this, this thing about the pigs and don't give the whole, you know, holy stuff to the unholy. And what in the world, Jesus? Well, let me just break it down in a sort of just quick in essence, because this is actually related to a saying that they used back then. There will be times in our lives that we share our testimony in good faith to other people, and they won't get it. They won't understand it. They won't understand what God really wants to do. Maybe you've had those conversations where you try to tell somebody about the freedom and the joy and the love that they will find in Jesus that this world can't give them. And they walk away and go, I don't want it. You're an idiot for taking it. You really believe that stuff? Jesus was telling his disciples, there's going to be times that you give what I am offering to people And they're going to reject it. And that's not on us. You see, we do, at a time and a place, we have testimonies that God wants us to share and use with people. You have a testimony of how God worked in your life, where he found you. And without judgment, with love, with grace, God wants us to share that. But like giving your treasures to a bunch of pigs, people will say no to it anyway. It's going to happen. But we still love them. We don't judge them. 
we give them grace. This really is a hard message. Because sometimes it's so hard to love those that we know are not following God. And they feel so hateful towards us. I want you to think about it. Many of you here, you've been raised in the church, so maybe you've known Jesus most of your life. But where would you be without him? What would your life look like today if you had not come to the saving grace of Jesus? Mine would look a whole lot different. I probably wouldn't be married to that man back there because he had done thrown me out. We did good yesterday, didn't we, Claudette? We had to be on good behavior because mama and daddy was in the car with us. And it was hard. I only thumped Thomas on the back of the head a couple of times on directions. And, and then Galen got on to me, so I had to be good, see? So, so that's why I don't have a bunch of funny things to tell you all about our trip yesterday. <laughs> I, I heard that back there. <laughs> Hold on. Church, listen to me. God does have a holy standard. He said, be holy because I am holy. But he never told you and I to be the judge. We're called to love people and show them grace. Because isn't that what we're thankful for? That's the whole point. Judge with the same standard you want to be judged with. And we want God's grace and his mercy in our lives. We have to show it. When Jesus left them, remember he said, I I want you to go and make Christ-like disciples in all the nations, and I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I want you to teach them to obey the things I've taught you. He did not say, I want you to go judge them with the things I've taught you. We're simply to pass it on. And I think this morning we've all heard in here that grace is what he's called us to. Grace. Stand with me this morning and let's, let's pray. I hope this message has, has hit you. There's so many things in this message this morning, I know. First of all, do you have the blood of Christ? Do you have the blood of Christ? Have you said to God, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins. If not, today's the day. You're not going to sneak into heaven. There's no group hiding you out to get you in. You either have Jesus or you don't. And it's that simple. That's not me judging. That is God's word. Now, many of us in here, maybe there's things we need to work on. Get that log out of my eye, Lord. And maybe today is that day of surrender. So if you'll bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you for the reminder of who you are. You are enough, Lord. You are enough to cover all sins. Not just some. And Lord, I thank you for the grace and the mercy in my life. But God, I pray that your spirit will fill us now. Fill us, Lord, so that we can show the same grace, the same mercy to our 
friends, to our family, and to perfect strangers, Lord. And I just pray that before we leave this place today, Lord, may every person make right with you where they stand. So that they know when they stand at those gates, that Lord, you will let them in and say, well done, good and faithful servant. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And all of God's people said, amen. Have a beautiful, blessed day. Go be a blessing and love on somebody. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.